Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Right, guys, make sure you follow the show on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Case Watch Podcast, Twitter, Case Watch Pod. You want to follow me on Instagram? I am at not Mark B. Charity is at charity underscore Case Watch. We are still not back in studio, so bear with us with a little extra background noise, but it is what it is. Charity, so you have been goading me all week saying that you have something new. And I'm super excited because just in case anybody doesn't know, Charity does not tell me what she's working on and I don't tell her what what I'm working on. That way, when either one of us hears whatever story we're working on, it's the first time you're getting the natural reaction. So I was a little upset at first when she told me there would be no triple D's this week, but she said she has something better to replace it for the week. Charity, what are you going to do? What's up? Okay. So Mark, this is similar to triple D, but it's more focused on the stupid criminal excuses. Now, we don't actually have a name for this segment yet. So if any of you crime creeps think of a cool name for stupid criminal excuses, please, please let us know. Oh, this is going to be my favorite part. What they come up with is like always my part that I respond to the best. So I can't wait. Go ahead. Fill me in. Let's go. I'm excited. Okay. Here's the first one. We were not stealing. We thought that everything was free. Yep. This is what Charles and Pernella Bull told police when they were caught in the driveway of a home they fled with a bunch of goods. Better yet, they were caught while trying to load the loot onto their bicycles. The couple told the police they were informed by a friend that the house was listed on Craigslist as a free house. Therefore, they did nothing wrong. Uh, McFly? Mark, they did nothing wrong. Yeah. The house was on Craigslist. It was a free house. It was just sitting there. It didn't matter that there were people inside dining, you know, getting ready for for bed. That didn't matter. I love idiots. It was free. I really do. I love them too. It's so awesome. Next one. Let's meet Lee Solarski. I believe that's how you say it. We all know Charity Butcher's words. So terribly sorry if I mess it up. One day while driving around, Lee crashed his car into a mailbox and hit a pickup truck. He, of course, drove away instead of stopping. Luckily, a concerned citizen saw these happenings and got Lee's license plate number and alerted the police. When the police caught up with him, he informed them that the hit and runs were not his fault. It was the tarantula's fault. Lee claimed that his passenger at the time had a tarantula with them. Allegedly, it got loose and began to bite him. The police, however, never found a passenger or a spider 
and they failed to find any bites on Lee. So he was arrested. Wow. That is like a, uh, that he dug deep for that one. That was a good excuse. Let me say if that was reality, I don't know what I would have done because spiders is on my list of things that just <laughs> freak me the F out. Me too. Um, snakes is my number one and yes. spiders are right up there. And mm-hmm. oh, just the thought of that thing being loose in a car. Like I had a friend who had one of those big old snakes growing up and it used to hang out in his living room and. I refuse to go put to his it around house. His neck and stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, because he was weird. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, snakes. No, no snakes. Snakes are a no go for Mark at all. Uh, they're a no go for charity as well. If anyone wants to know. Oh, <laughs> hate those things. But I mean, he really dug deep to think of that. Like you know, he made up a fictional passenger and a fictional spider that allegedly got loose and bit him all over his neck. I'm I mean, gonna let that guy go if I was the cop, just because that was damn creative. That's a lot of work to come up with a whole backstory. And I'm proud of you, buddy. <laughs> if you're listening, Mark's proud. I am. <laughs> Here's the next one. A Cincinnati man walked out to his car one morning like he did every morning. But when he opened the door, he found a pantless man asleep. This man was Kim LeBlanc. When police arrived, he told them that he'd been, you know, casually doing drugs. And before he knew it, a leprechaun opened the car door and let him in. <laughs> what a sweet little guy that leprechaun was. He must not have wanted Kim to get cold seeing he was wearing no pants, Mark. I love this <laughs> Those guy leprechauns well. are so sweet. <laughs> a leprechaun. A leprechaun. These are, uh, these are amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I've, I'm <laughs> I in love, love with this story so far. I could go off onto so many side jags on just this story in itself. Oh, my God. Guys, don't you get a mental picture? I, oh, 100%. I mean, I only want to see the pantsless guy, but I get a mental picture of a wicked cute little leprechaun opening the door for him saying, oh, come on in. It's great. I can't actually <laughs> even see a leprechaun anymore without just thinking Lucky Charms. The cereal company has oh, ruined it for no. me. That's all that I think of is Lucky Charms. <laughs> And again, that's all I think You're of right. a lot is food. <laughs> I do, You're right. If I get lost somewhere, the best way to give me directions is by like fast food joints because I'll always remember because I could go anywhere. They'd be like, oh, yeah, when you're going into Boston, you know, if you go over there and be like, no, I'd be like, take a left at the McDonald's. I'm like following you. I know exactly where you're saying now. <laughs> you just got to put things into terminology that Mark remembers. Exactly. So, yeah, this I, I liked that one a lot. That was really good. <laughs> In 2009, a man named Keith Griffin was being investigated by Florida detectives. While searching his home, they would take his computer, finding over 1,000 pornographic pictures of children. First of all, you're gross. You're gross and you're disgusting. Just want to say that before I finish your stupid story. He first said he had no idea how they got there, adding he would leave the room while downloading music on that very same computer. Even better... He would tell investigators that his cat would always jump on his desk and touch his keyboard and must have accidentally downloaded all those pictures. What so the a cat scumbag. did it. The cat no, it was the cat mark. Yeah. Yeah. The cat did it. Can't blame a cat for something <laughs> like that. No. I no must say said. as well, this whole time that I've been sick, Sophie the crime kitty has not left my side. She has slept right next oh. to me. From the day that I was sick until now, which I'm still sick, but I'm less sick. Let's just put it that way. That's so sweet. Animals, no. You can't tell me they don't. Oh, she has been in my Kool-Aid since this has stopped. She's just been laying on my back. Maybe I'll post a picture. I had to take a picture because she was laying on my back when I was laying in bed and it was hilarious. She wouldn't let me move. This is why I love animals. Sometimes you need the comfort of a little 
a little animal when you're not feeling well. Oh, even and if she it is does. Annoying she knows when you don't feel well and she'll come in and just lay with you. I love it. What a great mm-hmm. little cat. She's awesome. We love her. I have one more, Mark. Okay. Are you ready? I am. This one is not a good effort, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it because it's funny. In 2013, a known prostitute was found waiting in a car by UK police. The owner of the car was down the street getting some cash out of the ATM. When questioned by the police, the man said that the cash was to buy tomatoes. And the prostitute was simply going to show him the best place to buy them. How did tomatoes come to mind? Yeah. I don't what? even have an excuse. This, I was waiting to try to come up with something funny. And I'm just like, this tomatoes guy is a dimwit. I can't even come up with something worse than he did. Tomatoes. And, you know, she was the prostitute was just nice enough to show him a very nice store to buy perfect tomatoes at. Hey, there's yeah. a dimwit born every day charity. Oh, my God. I think all of these people are probably dimwits on this one, but I'm not sure. I agree Because there's you. a lot. <laughs> I, I kept researching and they just kept, like, they find me just like the Triple Ds. They find me, Mark. Well, and I love it. You did good on a new segment. So the, Thanks. as of now, untitled stupid criminal excuse <laughs> Story game that. that Charity just came up with. Help us come up with a better name, creeps, please. <laughs> we really appreciate it. I know, it. please do. <laughs> that would be amazing if you could. So, Mark, today we're going to be talking about uh, more than one person, but we're first going to start talking about Brenda Evers. And actually, it's Brenda Evers Andrew, but her given name was Brenda Evers. Okay. And she, I'm not going to, I want you to find out what, well, let me just unwind it for you so that you can. Kind of just hear it as I go. Okay. So Brenda Evers was born on December 16th, 1963 in Enid, Oklahoma. I think, I hope I'm saying that right. E-N-I-D. If you didn't, someone will let us know. They'll tell me. They'll tell me. Crime Cubes tell me. She was born into a loving family and home of devout Christians. The Evers enjoyed gatherings and serving big home-cooked meals. They also very much enjoyed hosting prayer groups. The family was quiet, but always very family-oriented. Brenda did very well in school, even excelled. When, in junior high, she would participate in baton twirling, attending all the football games. Many of Brenda's friends would go off to parties to hang out after these games, but she would always just go home. Friends said that she was very shy, but very sweet, and would enjoy spending her free time at church and helping people. She sounds delightful, doesn't she? She does so she sounds like the most. She sounds like one of the most delightful little, little sweet Christian humans. Always willing to help. I don't know if I want to comment on her being good or bad at this point because you always throw something in that ruins us because I was really starting to like the guy the other day and then he ended up, you know, grilling people on the side of the road. So Charity's always going to twist. Come on, Mark. Not always. Maybe. Maybe always. When Brenda was a senior in high school, she would meet Rob Andrew, who was attending Oklahoma State University at the time. Rob's younger brother went to school with Brenda and would introduce them. The couple started hanging out and became boyfriend and girlfriend very quickly. After graduating high school, Brenda would go on to college in Winfield, Kansas. She would only go there for one year, then transfer to Oklahoma State University. This was, of course, to be closer to Rob. So it sounds like they were pretty pretty serious at this point. The couple would continue to date, and on June 2nd, 1984, they would get married. They would leave Oklahoma City when Rob received a job offer in Texas. It was said that Brenda loved living in Texas. She had a job she really liked and a small but core group of great friends. 
Rob, on the other hand, missed Oklahoma and wanted to move back home. So he missed his home. You know, she was more of a social butterfly, new, you know, new beginning, met new friends, was really enjoying herself there. And he just kind of really wanted to go back where he was from. I think if I had to pick up and move anywhere, Texas would probably be at this point where it would be because I'm at that point in my life where I just want comfort in warm weather. I'm sick of snow. I'm sick of cold. Like, and people that are not from New England do not understand how cold it really gets up here. And when you work outside all night long, like I do, like it's bad. Like it's brutal. I actually tried See, to I, go outside the other day for the first time in a week because I've had, if anybody hasn't known, I've had COVID and I, big mistake. Let's just put it that way. I went outside because it snowed. I tried to help my girlfriend snow below the driveway. It was a massive fail. Uh, she ended up taking care of it. Good job, Kristen. Kristen's Aww. the best. Um, and then she went and snow below the neighbor's driveway too. Oh, she's so good. <laughs> so, and I, I watched on the uh, ring camera from the comfort of my bed. So I did feel really bad, but wow, this stuff is like, I, I'm done with the cold. I am ready. Texas, sign me up. I, I'm taking off there too. Mark, Mark's going. He's leaving everybody. I am. We Don't can do, do that, this Mark. remotely. We've discovered that now. I know. I know. But you're not going anywhere. Just say it. <laughs> so um, the relationship would start to suffer a bit when Rob accepted a job at an advertising agency back in Oklahoma City. The couple would actually separate for a few months as Rob would move back to Oklahoma while Brenda would stay in Texas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They would get back together after those few months apart when Brenda decided she would move back to Oklahoma to be with her husband. December 23rd, 1990 would be the day Rob and Brenda would welcome their first child. They would name this baby Tricity, and they both knew in an instant that Wait, Brenda's charity? new job would be... Yes, Mark? Did you just say Tricity? I did. It's spelled T-R-I-C-I-T-Y. I'm speechless. Like, did they forget the... <laughs> that is elect? an interesting name. Like, that's great. Like, you got me, guys. <laughs> that one woke me up. Electricity. Nope. Tricity. <laughs> I right. can't say anything because I have a very, very uncommon name. So. Yeah, but, but yes, your name I is did, people actually notice. have heard <laughs> before. That's true. So. All right. I didn't mean that's to true, interrupt you, but that caught me off guard. So I had to just verify that nope. was correct. You're good. So anyways, after they had their first baby, they would decide that Brenda would be a stay-at-home mom and take care of, you know, her baby and be there for every little minute. 
So she would actually leave the job and friends that she had made while working. So that must have been hard. I can understand that might be. It's a big change. You know, you're a new mother and now you have, you know, gone from going to work every day and talking with your friends and seeing, you know, just talking about everyday things with them at work. And now you're at home with a baby all the time by yourself. That, that's got to be a little difficult. That's you not know? something I would want to do. Yeah. I mean, really. In 1994, Rob and Brenda would welcome their second child, Parker, and their marriage was really in trouble. Rob knew things were bad. So he reached out to his pastor for advice and he confided personal issues to the pastor that were going on behind closed doors. Some of his friends would later testify that he told them Brenda was verbally abusive, telling him that she hated him and their marriage was a mistake. Ugh. Nobody wants hey, to hear we're, that. We're, Whether you're male or female, nobody wants to hear something like that. That's rude. You know what, Mark? I feel exactly the same way and I'm, I agree with you 100%. It doesn't matter if it's the male being verbally abusive or the female being verbally abusive abusive. It's still not right. You know, Let's it's just like- some uh, life lessons right here. Charity things that drove me nuts throughout life. Don't ever, if you are in a relationship with somebody, don't ever pit yourself against your partner. Because mm-hmm. when I see people do that to their significant another, it just turns me off to you as a friend. One hundred percent, because I don't care what is going on bad in my life or in my personal life or private life. If I'm out in public, never a bad word gets said about my girlfriend anywhere to anybody. Nope. Ever. I've never heard you say a bad thing about her. No, because I, hey, well, I, there really is nothing bad to say about her. She's kind of walks on water in my book. She's a great person. (laughs) She is awesome. But on top of that, even if we did have issues, those are our issues. I can't stand the people that blast it all over the place. Those are people I distance myself from. And the other people that I hate are the ones who talk crap about their partners to their family members because Mm -hmm. you're instantly turning people against people. So this is just a little Mark life lesson here for people. Take it or leave it. You don't have to listen to me. Just let me know that a lot of people out there are like myself and can't stand people that do this. I agree, Mark. I also, you know, you ever have the friend that is back and forth with the same person over and over and over. And they constantly, when they're not with them, they tell you horrible things that have been said and this, that, and the other thing. And they, you know, but when they get back to them, they, they why won't you hang out with them? Why, you know, why don't you like them? Well, you just tainted them for me. Yeah. Why you don't told you me all like these horrible person. Yeah, that's kind of a takeoff of what I was talking about that talk crap about the family. It's the same Mm -hmm. thing. That would be like my sister and her boyfriend having issues and her coming up to me and talking all kinds of smack on him. And then Mm -hmm. three months later, when things are great, like bringing him over to my house, be like, hey, look, oh, we're one big happy family. It's like, well, what happened to all the crap you were talking two months Mm -hmm. ago? Just people. I agree. Private lives are private for a reason. Keep them private. I can't stand people that don't. Sorry. This is like side jag. I haven't talked to anybody in a week. So this is my (laughs) way of like, I have a lot of stuff to get out of my system. I've had a lot of thinking to do for a week. So, all right, Charity, I'm sorry. Continue on, dear. (laughs) Totally fine. The marriage continued to decline. And by 1997, Brenda would have her first affair. Another thing that I can't stand. Yeah, that's somebody don't even get me going with that. Yeah, just leave. The affair would begin in October of that year with a man named Ricky Nunley. How did she find this willing participant, you ask? A friend would introduce them. Yep, that's right. Rick was one of her friend's husbands. That's how she met him. All right, another side jag. (laughs) Right? Okay, so. Oh my God. I don't trust a lot of people in life because a lot of people are, are scummy. I was mm-hmm. watching this video online the other day where this guy's like, let's check out how trustworthy your friends are. 
And like he would have his girlfriend sitting next to him and then he'd call him up. Like say the guy's girlfriend was like Sue. Call up Sue's best friend and like, oh, have you seen Sue? I haven't seen her all night. Oh, yeah, we hung out last night. She's sleeping right now. I'll have her call you when she wakes up. And then all of a sudden his girlfriend's phone is ringing in the car next to him because they're together. And I was just like, oh, my God. I don't trust half of what chicks say now. I couldn't believe it. Wow. And she was just like shaking her head. And then they had this one guy who was like, you know, did the same thing. And she was just like, I don't know. She's kind of a hoe. She could be out somewhere. And I was like, that's a good friend. Oh, There's one God. who tells it like it is right there. Right. Well, how about you say, I don't know. I haven't seen her talk to her. That could be honest with that too, right? Just say, I don't know. Yeah. She's not with me right now. 100%. No clue. But instead it was just like, oh, she's sleeping. I'll have her call you when she wakes up. Oh, boy, that's bad. Oh, yeah. That's bad. <laughs> well, according to Rick, the affair would only last until spring, but they would stay in contact. Three years later, in 1999, Brenda would find herself another man to have another affair with. This would be James Higgins. He was a married man working at a local grocery store. When testifying, James would say that Brenda would come in to flirt with him wearing short skirts and low-cut shirts, showcasing her chest. This went on for a while. <laughs> the way and then you one said day chest Brenda was walk- awesome. You're like showcasing her chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love it. This went on for a while. And then one day Brenda would walk into the grocery store and hand James a hotel key and tell him what time he was to meet her. This sounds like a, like a Lifetime movie right now. Doesn't it? This sounds like the lonely a, house mother. Doesn't even sound like a lifetime movie. This sounds like a movie that that long haired blonde guy would be posing on the front. Like, what's his name? Oh, like a, <sighs> what, uh, Fabio. Fabio. Yes. Fabio. In one of the books. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, exactly it totally what is. this sounds like. The affair continued until May of 2001. Brenda would be the one to end telling James it wasn't fun anymore. What a bitch. He oh. may, she just says, uh, it's not fun anymore. I, I'm, do, I'm done with you. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's love just, it. oh my God. The two, this is what I don't get though. Cause just like the other guy, the two, the two of them stayed friends and James even did some side jobs for Brenda and Rob. That is freaking ballsy. I'm sorry. Of both of them, especially Brenda, you're going to have your, a guy that you've been screwing on the side. It's basically like, probably like giggling to herself, like, haha, to the husband. Like you have no idea what I did with him. Ew. It's probably like, that's uh, scummy. Do you need your bushes trimmed? <laughs> do you need your hedges clipped? This is like talking in code to a whole new level. Gotta love vindictive <laughs> oh <my> people. <laughs> I mean, inviting a man that you cheated on your husband with into your home is just like, uh, anyways, whatever. All along, while her marriage was a mess and she was carrying on with affairs, Brenda continued to attend church services with her family at North Point Baptist Church and even taught Sunday school. You know, the teachings of God in Right From Wrong. It appeared Brenda was having a midlife crisis or something. I love this. Anytime someone cheats, they're like, oh, it's a midlife crisis. Immediately. It's a midlife crisis. No, some people I mean, are it could just be. scumbags. I agree. See, me too. I, I, uh, yeah. While attending church, the family would meet a man named James Pavitt, a fellow Sunday school teacher that worked as a life insurance agent. Rob and James became quick friends, and James would actually spend time at the couple's home with their children on more than one occasion. James would encourage Rob to set up a life insurance policy to protect his family if anything were to happen to him, Mark. What do you think of that? I'm already figuring this one out. Yeah. In mid-2001, Rob would follow through and take out an 
$800,000 policy with the help of his buddy James, of course. Brenda was listed as the sole beneficiary. Isn't that shocking? That is very surprising. Summertime this same year, James would divorce his wife, and by September of 2001, Brenda would file for divorce from Rob. James and Brenda would begin their affair and do nothing to hide it, even at church. They didn't care who knew. The church members must not have been too happy about this because the pair were soon told that they were no longer needed to teach Sunday school. Well, thank God. I mean, that's just being blatant, you know? By October 26th, 2001, things were starting to rev up. James and Brenda would cut Rob's brake line, then come up with a story to get him to drive off in a hurry and get into a car accident with the hopes of him dying. Rob was told that Brenda had an quote-unquote emergency. James's daughter, Jana, would later say she was told to call Rob from an untraceable phone and tell him that Brenda was in the hospital and needed him to come there right away. It was a man's voice on the phone, so Jana must have asked for some help from a friend. Luckily, Rob noticed the brake line damage before he left the garage. I wonder what he was thinking at this time, knowing that someone likely cut the line on purpose. Uh, The first thing I'd be thinking of is the massive life insurance policy that I just had taken out on me. Ding, ding, Mm -hmm. ding, ding, ding. Absolutely. Oh, my God. He had some thoughts because right after the brake line incident, Rob would contact James to ask him to remove Brenda as the beneficiary and put his brother on instead. He was told by James this wasn't possible since the document was now owned by her. This was a lie, of course. Rob didn't think this information sounded right, so he called James's supervisor and was told that the policy was definitely owned by him and not Brenda. He then explained to the supervisor that he was sure James and Brenda were trying to kill him. This guy told anyone who would listen that he feared for his life. Like, as I read on, you'll hear this. And again, nobody does anything. James would flip out when he found out what Rob had said and threatened him, saying, you better not make me lose my job. It would later come out that Brenda and James did try and make Brenda the owner of the policy by forging Rob's name and even backdating the document to March 2001. Maybe this was why he was so angry that Rob contacted his boss. Maybe he was worried the fake document would be found. Wow. These two really conspired. Money makes people do evil, evil things. Sure does. Rob's next move was to meet with the police. He would tell them what happened with his brake line and that he was sure Brenda and James were actively trying to kill him. Mark, it sounds like this poor guy was alerting as many people as he possibly could. I mean, he even went to the police. I'm waiting for you to tell me about the skywriting that he had, you know, written up into the sky like, oh, my ex-wife's trying to kill me. Right. Or wear like a T-shirt. Um, someone, My ex-wife's trying to kill me. I, 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 He's trying. Yeah, this is bad. I feel really, really bad for this guy. And everybody who knew him said he was the nicest guy. I mean, you hear this all the time. Clearly, there were no investigations into Rob's fears of being killed, so Brenda and James would plot yet another attempt at taking Rob's life. Rob would go pick up his children at Brenda's on November 20th, 2001. It was his turn to have the children, and he was excited to have them around for Thanksgiving. Brenda has said that she met Rob in the driveway when he arrived. She would then ask him if he would come into the garage and light the pilot on the furnace for her. And of course, he's going to, like this is his his kids are living in this home, you know. Investigators believe that Rob would take his first shot when he was bent over attempting to light the pilot. The weapon of choice was a 16-gauge shotgun, and James would take the first shot, then hand the weapon off to Brenda for the second shot. This would be the shot that would instantly end his life. 
Rob was only 39 at the time of his death. The couple also had a 22 caliber handgun, and James would use this gun to shoot Brenda in the arm to make it look like an attack. Brenda would then call 911 and tell them that she and Rob were attacked by two men dressed in all black wearing masks. Guess they just came out of nowhere and ran into the garage to shoot and kill Rob, then run off without taking anything. Like, this is not a well-thought-out story. They just randomly drove up, shot, and ran. Come on now. Let me let you in on a secret, Charity. Most of these criminal ideas that they come up with are not well thought out. But in their head, they're like, oh, this is great. We're going to get away with this. Come on, people. They'll totally believe us. <laughs> let, me, let me save you the uh, the hurt and sorrow. Nobody's going to believe you, and you're going to end up in jail. Mm-hmm. That's right. But guess what, Mark? Brenda was so lucky that she was only shot in the arm. And guess what? Again, she only had a superficial wound. Isn't that strange? Super While nice. While Rob died? Yeah. Really strange. When police would enter the home and look around, they would notice some things. First, Brenda and Rob's two children were in a back bedroom watching TV with the volume up extremely high. Also, police couldn't find any backpacks for the children. This was very strange considering, you know, they were going to go spend some time with their father more than a few days. You need to pack your stuff, right? Guess these two asshats didn't do much thinking at all when they came up with this plan. The investigators found out that Rob had owned a 16-gauge shotgun when he was living with Brenda. It was said that Brenda would not let him take this with him when he moved out. So that's strange, but maybe not, obviously, if she was thinking ahead. She probably thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll keep this weapon. No such shotgun was found in the home. It was discovered that the neighbors that lived next door to Rob and Brenda's house were out of town. Guess who had the key? Uh, it was Brenda. Brenda. <laughs> uh-huh. That home was searched and it was discovered that, quote unquote, someone went into the attic through a bedroom. On the bedroom floor was a 16-gauge shotgun shell that was a 100% match to the one found in the garage. A quick look into the attic would reveal bullets to a 22 caliber gun. Idiot sticks. My God. Like, you just leave this stuff laying around? There was also a 22 caliber bullet found by James's daughter in her car. James took his daughter's car the day of the killing to get it serviced. As you can guess, the car returned home not being serviced and had a bullet hanging out by the floorboards. All this physical evidence and speaking with friends and family of Rob's, it was made clear what likely took place. Yeah, this is super sad. And what's really sad, you know, all of the friends and family, the pastor, all of them looking back now, like when this happens, probably feel horrible. I mean, they if they really thought that he was in fear for their life, I'm sure they would have, you know, gone to the police with him or spoken up sooner. But things like this are really hard, right? Because it's like you said, behind closed doors. It's kind of what he's saying. Yeah, we live in know. a very reactive society instead of a proactive one where we wait for things to happen before we actually do anything. That's just the way this whole country works, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. That's our society, yep. Charity. I agree. The affair was known, and the fact that Rob feared for his life, along with the insurance policy, gave investigators all the clues they needed to make arrests. The police went to arrest Brenda and James, but they were nowhere to be found. The couple would take the two children and flee. This would be around the time of Rob's funeral. They were able to evade the police for three months until all four of them were found at the Mexican border. James and Brenda would have two separate trials, but were both charged with first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. Not only were they both found guilty— they also both received death sentences. Brenda has never shown an ounce of remorse for plotting and killing Rob. Here is what she had to say to Oklahoma County District Judge Susan Bragg on the day of her sentencing. This verdict 
is an egregious miscarriage of justice. She then went on to say she would fight until she was vindicated. Brenda appealed her death penalty sentencing June 21st, 2007, and it was denied. She currently sits on death row in the Mabel Bassett Correctional Center in McLeod, Oklahoma. She is the only woman on death row in the state of Oklahoma. Mark, past friends and family are left to wonder what happened to the quiet, sweet, giving, church-loving girl they once knew. What did happen to her? It was like there was like a, a switch that was flipped and she became evil. It's weird. Did she become How evil somebody... or was she oh. trying to compensate or overcompensate in her younger years, trying to put a cover on what she really was? You know what? I don't know. That's a good point. James's death sentence was overturned in 2017, but the Supreme Court would reinstate it in 2019. He currently sits on death row at the Oklahoma State Penitentiary in McAllister, Oklahoma. Here is a few things that James's ex-wife of nine years has said. If he was in love with someone, he would do anything for them. She also said he wasn't the same Jim I knew for nine years. He was the most kind person while we were married. Something was not right with him. The car that James and Brenda and the children fled belonged to his ex-wife. So the car that they found them in at the Mexican border, his ex-wife had loaned to him. That's how much she (laughs) still had feelings for him. He asked her if he could borrow it, and she said yes. The 1992 Chevrolet Beretta was the car that the couple was arrested in. I love Chevy Berettas. I haven't seen one of those forever. I kind of smiled when I read what it was, too, because I remember those. A lot of people had those. Those things were kick butt. Let's go on a they side were. jag really quick because I was watching this show on uh, History Channel the other day and they were talking about cars from the decades. You got to think back to when me and Charity are roughly the same age. So the cars were popular at the same time for us. You don't yeah. see these things anymore. Dodge Neons were like everywhere <gasps> when I was in high school. Everywhere. Everywhere. The last time you've seen a Dodge Neon. I can't tell you. I mean, pretty soon we're going to see like our grandkids like pimping these things out and being like, look at this classic 1994 Dodge Neon I got. That would be awesome, actually. Putting like big tires and lifting it. Yeah. (laughs) Chevy S10 pickups. When's the last time you've seen one of those? Oh, my God. You're right. Chevy Celebrity. Ford Focuses. Like these are things that were like super everywhere. And then they're nowheres now. Nowhere. Oh, my God. You're right. I know. That's weird. I watch really, really weird stuff on TV and the internet. This is what I come up with. But it's true. Yeah, it is true. His poor ex-wife has even said that she had a hard time testifying against him because she still cared about him. This poor thing. She's like, that wasn't my gym. Friends and family have said that Rob was a devout, charismatic, loving man that absolutely loved his family. It was also said that he stayed devoted to his wife, even though she made it clear to everyone how much she disliked him. That's sad. He was like hanging on like, nope, this is my little family and I'm going to keep us together. Makes you wonder what was wrong with her. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're right. Was it always in there and it just didn't come out until she was a certain age? Did something happen that triggered it? I do think some people are evil from the get go. I really do. I think there's an evil streak in some people that they do their best to cover up and then it just comes out. Mm -hmm. But there's some people I think that just a switch happens. And I don't know with this person what it was. It's really weird. In June of 2002, Associate District Judge Richard M. Perry ruled that Tricity, age 11, and her brother Parker, age 7, will stay with the paternal grandparents, E.R. and Lou Andrew. The couple was instructed by the judge that they were to allow supervised visitation to the children's mother, Brenda, and her family. I definitely get the family, but... uh, 
I don't know. She killed their father. Yeah. When you I, kill I don't know how I feel about that. the other parent, you should instantly lose your ability to see your children. I think that should be part of her punishment. I, I really do. Because I, I think that would you. really hit her hard. I agree. You know, not only would they have to go to jail to see her, which could be very scary. I don't think she deserves to see them at all. I it's a either. hard thing because. Yeah. Right. I don't. I, I just I don't know. That's just my opinion. My opinion. It's a hard thing because their father was taken from them and now their mother of her own doing. But I can see how that would be hard for a younger child to understand. So, I mean, if you think of it from the child's view, I guess their father was taken away and now their mother too. I don't know. Maybe the judge was thinking at least they could see their mother. I I know. It sounds twisted, but I don't know. It is twisted. It's 100% twisted. If that was my mom, I could never look at her the same way, especially if I knew the full story. Right. So think about it this way. This is this is the only thing I'm thinking is they're still young enough that maybe maybe they were sheltered from the from the real story at that point. I don't know. And if that's the case, they wouldn't understand why they couldn't see their mother. Yeah, but at some point, somebody needs to not lie to these children. That's the one thing that I will never, ever do in life. I will never sugarcoat or lie to a child because they deserve to know what's going on in reality as well. These people that lie to the kids and tell them stories to make up excuses why things are the way they are, shame on you because you are just setting your kid up to fail because you're not giving them the full information. Just my thought. I feel the same way except about Santa Claus. (laughs) Santa Claus is the only one we can get away with lying about to kids. I I don't lie about that. He's real. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, Mark. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. We're on the same page. Yep. (laughs) Well, that's all I got about this crazy lady and her crazy boyfriend who and if you look at pictures she was definitely i could see why maybe he was uh i don't know what the word i want to use she was a pretty lady not that that should make you want to kill but i think he might have been not seen clearly is my point so i don't know what these like i said i don't know what these people look like i don't know the stories or any of it until after so when i listened to the cannibal story from last week i had to go and create the artwork and what did you think of him in that picture with his arms like that i was blown away so like i said my process is once i get done with this then i'll edit it then i'll create the artwork And then I'll upload it. So I, I punched this guy's name in. And I still, I remember you said like, he's, he's a something. Yeah. So I went in and punched he's it in and something. I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never like let down by these. Picture. Oh, Ooh. he was great. He, he reminded me of George the Animal Steel from like the 1980s, yes. you know, WWE. That's exactly what I thought. But yeah, so I am no, I am in no way saying that James was, he is fully responsible for what he did. Don't get me wrong. He is, but just saying. You can stick with what you were saying. What you're saying is not wrong. We have fought wars over a woman. Like That's true. This I mean, this is what it is. Like people can sugarcoat things nowadays, but go back into the past and it is what it is. You're right, actually, and I think about that. You're right. You're right. You, you look at so, how okay. some I of these wars or any of this stuff were started. It was always over something stupid or always. families that hated each other for hundreds of years. It was over like the stupidest of things that people are just petty. Yep. Oh, well. Very true. St- and, and some things don't change, Mark, but there you have it. But There's then again, story for the, I hold for the a day. grudge like you wouldn't believe either. oh charity good job that was a good story i really enjoyed that one all right guys uh text and voicemail line 603-212-4600
Email info at casewatchpodcast.com. Yes, guys, I get that now about once a week just sent to me. Dot com. They're like, oh, it's the Expedia commercials. Like, I get that people listen to these shows on a different uh, listening schedule, but it's like, that was like three months ago, and that has now been sent to me no less than 85,000 times. <laughs> Send it 85,000 more. He loves it. Don't I don't mind it at all. All right. Visit our website for links to all of our merch and stickers. Plus, you can also join the exclusive Crime Creep Club by clicking the Buy Us a Coffee tab. All that and more. Casewatchpodcast.com. All right, guys. Till the next episode. Uh, have a good one. Bye, guys. See ya. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.